You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. I'm one bourbon deep when I'm recording this intro, and it was actually a really good uh, bottle. Uh, I live really close to a, uh, uh, a distillery called Cedar Ridge, and uh, they make really good bourbon, and that's what I had tonight uh, before I started recording this intro. Anyway, a really awesome episode, and it's actually something that I'm going through myself right now. Recently, I just lost 100 acres, all right? I was approached by the son of the landowner, and he said, hey, listen, uh, my dad died. Uh, he, was in, he was in his early 90s, and so it wasn't too much of a shock. Actually, he fell uh, trying to stand up or something, and almost the exact same thing happened to my grandma, fell the body couldn't absorb the shock, right? I mean, I mean the shock of the the injury, and eventually they had to put him on hospice, and he died, right? And uh, that's unfortunate, and so my sympathy goes out to that family. This means, and, and this is why he stopped me the other day. He goes, "Hey, I just want to let you know, man, we're we're on a fast track to sell that piece, right? They want that. They're looking to get that money right now." And uh, while the market's kind of hot, and so they're gonna they're gonna capitalize on, on this market. And I said, "So are you gonna go through real estate?" And they go, "No, we're we're not going through an agent. We are uh, we already have a buyer for it. We think." And so I was like, "Holy shit, this is gonna happen fast!" Because I was thinking maybe I could get one more season in. Uh, and the answer is probably no. So I have to go out. I got to uh, tear down my tree stands i gotta tear down my trail cameras and get out all my stuff out of there i got three i got three lone wolves out there right now uh and three full sets and then i also have one cell cam out there and uh, i gotta get that out before the new buyer now I, i'm guessing i got a month or so to go ahead and get it out but uh, it's gonna happen fast and, and that's what today's podcast is about we're gonna talk with jerry rude and jerry explains to us a similar scenario 
where he lost a property that he had been hunting for several years, which forced him to go knocking on doors. He found a piece of property. That property didn't pan off. Once again, back to the drawing board. Then he located a honey hole with some really good deer in it just by chance, right? So that's what this episode is about, right? That that whole process of trying to knock on doors, e-scouting, boots on the ground, getting it, trying to get a hold of landowners, things like that. And I'll tell you right now that it's, uh, it, it's an episode that I think a lot of us can relate to. Uh, and I think uh, hopefully you guys find this one interesting. But before we get into the episode, I'm going to run through these real quick. I'm not going to I'm not going to do the 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 detailed thing today, but I'll tell you right now, if you're looking for a saddle and you're looking for a company that will explain to you how to use their product properly and use it as a tool in your arsenal of all the other ways there is to to go and hunt whitetails, go check out Tethered. Lots of great information. Awesome people working for that uh, property or for that company. And we have, let's see, right now I'm looking at a pile of stuff I have from them. Uh, the saddle, obviously. Their climbing sticks, and they have some new climbing sticks coming. Their platform, the harness, all the accessories that you could need, they got it covered. Go check out uh, Tethered web, Tethered's website. Next, we have Wasp Archery, and I was talking to a guy, I was actually talking to two guys this week, and they said, hey, Dan, just want to let you know that we made the jump to Wasp because of how passionately you talk about them, and I'm like, hey, that's cool, and so, again, like, people are not going to be disappointed by this company. Majority of their products are made in America. The design of their products and the material that they use in the design, in combination with all of that stuff and you put it on the tip of a, a well-balanced uh you know well-balanced well-weighted arrow it's going to absolutely destroy everything that it that it hits so if you're looking for an awesome mechanical or an awesome fixed blade go check out wasparchery.com and enter the discount code nfc20 for 20 percent off and then we have vortex optics title sponsor again awesome product great people i've, I've been messing around with their new their new gosh dang it i got it right here i'm gonna open it up once i forget the name of it this is bad but they they had a couple new um a couple new rangefinders that came out and i've been playing around with it lately uh out back when i'm doing my shooting and i'll tell you right now they make some they make one hell of product of a product line binocular spotting scopes rangefinders rifle scopes red dots you name it they they make it and on top of that their customer service is second to none they have the vip warranty you break it you send it in they fix it for free send it back to you and if you, they can't fix it they'll send you a, a replacement uh, so that to me is 100 co- customer service at, at a whole nother level so that's why i love working with vortex uh, vortexoptics.com and lastly hunt stand uh, man i am on this this app all the time digitally scouting right now uh obviously now what i'm doing is i'm looking for different places in the surrounding area close to my home that's gonna i don't know places to knock on doors right so i'm looking at places i'm i'm gonna be knocking on doors in the next couple months seeing what the you know kind of seeing what uh what's out there what's available i I think it's going to be tough but i'm going to use the information that i that hunt stand offers me and i'm going to be able to once again go back to the drawing board and start collecting data on places that i can or can't hunt and uh, if not i'm going to have to start 
smashing some public nearby too, which I'm not not afraid or opposed to doing. So uh, that's what I'm doing right now with Hunt Stand. If you're looking for, you can download you can download this app for free, but if you want the premium package, a lot of places would be like, oh, premium package, a hundred bucks. No, not the case. The premium package is $30 for an entire year. So the functionality that you get with it and the uh, the amount that it costs, it, it's ridic- It's honestly ridiculous. So uh, these guys uh, are, are the most popular hunting app for a reason. Go check out HuntStand.com for more information. Uh, discount code SN20 for 20% off. Uh, on top off that $30. So it's, it's, it's really affordable. So other than that, huge shout out to, uh, Jerry for hopping on huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to hop on this podcast. Please go to iTunes, leave a review. Five stars would be awesome. Let it, let the world know that the nine finger chronicles is, uh, giving you eargasms every, every single uh, week, multiple times, multiple eargasms, multiple times. And, uh, I'm going to stop talking before I get myself in trouble. Let's get this party started. Jerry Rude is our guest. Here we go. Three, two, one. All right. On the phone with me today, Mr. Jerry Rude. Jerry, what's up, man? (laughs) Not too much. How are you doing, Dan? Doing good. I'm doing a lot better. All right. Good. And I'll tell you why. I went on a drive with my boys last night out and, you know, drove around the countryside looking for velvet, you know, velvet deer, just looking for deer in general. My boy, uh, my oldest boy, Mac, he's like, hey, dad, can we go on a night drive again like we did this spring? And, you know, actually, I think it was March, around March. And we we counted 112 deer one night. And so he gets he gets jacked up about he gets jacked up about that. So. Mm -hmm. Last night we went and we we saw forty deer, and we saw a slammer of a buck. Really? Oh, a twelve inch. I guarantee you, if not longer, twelve mm-hmm. inch G two or excuse me, a twelve inch uh, brow tine that mm-hmm. curved over top of the other brow tine. And, Was that that picture you posted? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. And and so there was all these deer in the field. And they, uh, that buck had his head down. I said, man, it looks like they're all does. And right as it put its head up, I was looking the other direction and I was getting ready to take off. It goes, dad, it's a big buck. And so he was getting <laughs> fired up and he, I gave him the binoculars and he looked at it. And, and so I stopped, I'm like, holy crap, buddy, that is a big buck. So, um, I was pretty, that was fun for me last night is oh, going yeah. on those rides. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. You got any kids? Yeah. So actually I have five and one on the way. Jesus. So, that's mental yeah. illness right there, buddy. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm, I come from a big family and, yeah. um, you know, they're, they're not all mine, but they're all mine. And, yeah. uh, you know, so like my, like my stepson, he's, um, he's been like really getting into hunting lately or last year, you know, I took him out gun hunting and, yeah. and so he's getting that itch. He's getting that fever and it's really awesome to be able to spend that time with him and, yeah. and, you know, and start, start building that relationship and kind of having those stories that we can talk about. We already do talk about, you know, that, um, like my dad hunt hunted, but he didn't hunt like deer like I do. So, uh, that's pretty awesome. I have a, we both have a great time with that. That's awesome, man. How old mm-hmm. is he? He's 13. 14, okay. 13. 14. So, all right. Yeah. So he's able to walk around the timber by himself and, and, uh, Oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Where's he at in his, 
like life as far as sports are concerned is is he is he just getting into the social activity or is do you think he's going to skew more towards the outdoors and and maybe still be social but the priority may be the outdoors um he he football is number one so um he'll only be gun hunting for the foreseeable future uh because he he likes archery and i've cranked my bow down and let him shoot it and that kind of stuff but to put in the time necessary to, you know, kind of as, as you've talked about, like ethically hunt deer with a bow, like he just can't do that and play football. So, um, he's gun hunting for the foreseeable future. And, um, you know, uh, eventually that might swap. I don't know. He's talented for his age. So, you know, it's hard telling what, where he can take it, but, um, so yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's awesome, man. I I really Mm -hmm. think that, uh, uh, gun hunting is a, a great entry. You know, it's a great mm-hmm. entry point. Oh, yeah. Some people may may stay there and, and be mm-hmm. that weekend warrior or be that gun season hunter. And mm-hmm. some people might go down the best possible path in life, which is bow hunting, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, that's awesome. All, all the other kids that uh, that you're claiming, uh, they get out, mm-hmm. did they, do they get outside and and have fun with outdoors or, or with hunting or are some of them kind of, uh, I don't know, just like the video games and and the cartoons and things like that. Yeah, no. So, uh, they pretty much all get out, you know, like, um, mushroom hunting with me and grandpa, uh, you know, they like the fish, you know, they like to, we have, um, you know, like they have Xboxes and all that stuff. And one of them has like a little, he's seven, eight, a, uh, he has a little like dirt bike thing, you know, and he'd rather be on that or playing baseball than playing Xbox. But if he has nothing to do, but actually he, um, I'm the head coach of the, his all-star team and we have a oh, tournament nice. this weekend. So, yeah. So, um, you know, sports run deep in our family, but, right. uh, you know, so, uh, but they love, they all love the outdoors. Our little girl, she is, she was made to be raised on a farm. You know, she just right. loves, <laughs> She likes to run around barefoot and doesn't care if she steps in poop and all that yeah. stuff. So yeah. she's a fireball. Yeah. And then we have uh, one more girl on the way. That would be the six. Man, yeah. so you got you got from 13 all the way to zero. Yeah. Wow. So. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. congratulations, my friend. And hopefully the, the next one goes uh, goes smoothly. But it sounds like even with all those kids, you mm-hmm. are still finding time to go out and get it done. Yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, my lovely wife, uh, she understands, I'll say understands. I don't know if that's the best word, but yeah. she knows that I love hunting and you know, that I dedicate the vast, vast majority of what little free time I have to hunting. And that's not a complaint. You know, it's just the, just the reality of the situation, but you know, so, you know, I get up, shoot my bow a few times before work, uh, at least, you know, like three times a week, that kind of stuff, just to, um, make sure that I'm, I'm always there and always ready. And I don't have to catch up because, and, and, our, in our family, you don't have time to catch up. So. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing that I was regretting. Right. So mm-hmm. man, it's been, I, 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 sh- I shot my deer on November 4th of this year and, okay. I, and then I just kind of, I, I thought there was a chance I was going to get out to another hunt so for the next week i shot and shot and shot and shot again um Mm -hmm. in hopes that maybe i would go back to nebraska but then Mm -hmm. that that 
that opportunity passed and I, and I didn't go anywhere. So then I just hung my bow up, right. I put it up mm-hmm. and I didn't start shooting it until June. And so mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I, I, I can't, I can't help but agree with you where all I want to do is just <laughs> once a, once a, a week, even, even if it's just once a week file, you know, throw three arrows down at 20 yards, just so that muscle memory is somewhat there. Right. Yeah. Instead of oh, doing yeah. what I'm doing. And that's pick it up and basically starting from scratch again. Right. Yeah. All right. But I, I mean, honestly, sometimes that's not, you know, sometimes, uh, I don't know if you've ran into it, but you get kind of so consumed and you might go down a wormhole or something. Sometimes it is beneficial to just take back step back and say, you know, let's start back from the beginning. Right. You know, so yep. that's Absolutely. not necessarily a bad thing. The good thing that I'm sitting at is last year I had to switch, but I, well, I didn't have to, but. I, Mm -hmm. I upgraded, I did a bow upgrade and this year I don't have to. So everything is set, right? The only thing Mm -hmm. I have to do is tweak now instead of the the full setup. Um, and so all I got to do is make a a couple adjustments and I'm I'm going to be back on point. So I don't know. That's one thing where keeping the same bow for multiple years, that's the benefit. You get comfortable with it and then confident with it. And then. Um, even though having the latest greatest is kind of badass, uh, I, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's no problem. I have no problem with, you know, keeping a bow for multiple years. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So this last year you killed a stud. Okay. And well, so <laughs> I, I, I want to, I want to talk about the, the whole process because there's a unique perspective here that, uh, that I'm sure other people other listeners can relate to. I know that I can relate to. And, and so, um, why don't we start off? Like, where does this story start? Yeah. So, um, the story begins as, you know, uh, I was looking for a place to hunt closer to my house. That's mm-hmm. where it begins. The, the only place I had to hunt, um, before, um, uh, I'm going to refrain from saying locations because I think, Uh, people could probably figure it out but I was trying to find a place closer to my house and the only place I had to hunt was a county away which isn't that far but like you know when you have six kids it's five and a half it's uh it's far farther than preferred so I was driving around you know using the public records the public property records and I found this property and I thought it you know I was like man this property looks pretty good now it butts up against you know like a development but it had some really good topography it was a very unique property there was like a draw um, that like a spring and flood water runs through down the whole center of the farm yeah and um, it, I mean it was just awesome and so I was like well let me just go ask this guy you know so I go and I ask him and he's this old guy and old farmer he's like oh yeah absolutely go back there he said you know shoot all shoot all them all them deer just don't eat the coyotes because they eat the groundhogs you know and all right cool you know whatever so uh i walk i'm like stoked i'm like this is awesome i can't believe like he was so open about this i'm mind blown right so i start walking through the woods and uh you know just doing some very preliminary scouting and i'm seeing more evidence of people than i am of deer right i'm seeing old stands, new stands, trash, uh, buckets, like where people sitting, like just everywhere. I'm seeing this one person had, um, I don't know if they were trying to summon a deer, but they had like a circle of trail cameras around like a 50 yard. Like if you drew a 50 yard circle, you had trail cameras all pointing in towards each other. 
And then inside that circle, it's like he went to Walmart and just bought every bait, every <laughs> dough estrus, everything that you could possibly buy. And he had stuff hanging from trees. He had like liquid baits poured on top of like trophy rock. I mean, this dude had it all. <laughs> Excuse that's, me. That's and crazy. So, so I'm walking through the woods and, you know, I'm like red flag. Um, there'll be no deer over here, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, um, what state are you in, by the way? I'm in Ohio. Ohio. I'm in Dayton, so Ohio. you can, yeah. you can bait in Ohio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so you, you get into this property and you're just like, you get jacked up about it. Cause obviously from the road or from, uh, mm-hmm. from a satellite image, you're like, dang, this looks good. You get there and you're just like. Well, there's no indication that it's horribly bad yet. There's just a lot of sign, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of signs of people. So yeah. what, as you as you walk through there, then mm-hmm. uh, you have a little bit of a, you know, a, a mind change about this property. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like it's not so much to actually deter you. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, especially considering it was so close to my house, yeah, I went ahead and threw some trail cameras up. Um, I looked at some stand locations. The property is somewhat linear. And so the further I got back, the less I was seeing, you know, that evidence, which is, I mean, it wasn't huge by any means, but it, that's why I kind of told you beforehand, it was like my own little piece of um, private public, you know, like the farther you got back in there, the less evidence you were seeing. So I hung some trail cameras up um, where I was seeing less evidence of people. And I was, like I said, looking for stand locations and, um, and then I hung some trail cameras up at the front of the property yeah. just to watch traffic. And right. so, you know, I'm, I'm going back and in September last year, season opened on nine twenty five, and this was like early summer. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going and revisiting and I'm thinking like access doesn't matter. Like that literally does not matter to this place because <laughs> apparently people just flood this area. But, yeah. um, I go and check my trail cameras and I'm getting, you know, some nice pictures of some velvet deer. Uh, you know, what I would consider just, if you think of like a, a nice typical Ohio eight point or something like that, you know, just, um, just some good overall deer, you know, I'm like, Oh, yeah. maybe there's a chance. Like maybe these people, you know, uh, are inexperienced. I'll put it that way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they just don't know, maybe they're young kids. Maybe they don't know exactly what they're doing. So, yeah. Uh, I'm like, I'm starting to get excited about it again. I'm like, yeah, this, this might work out. This might work out. And yeah. then it was like, again, season September 25th, it was like September 12th or something. The second week of September, I go check my trail camera. I get my SD cards out loaded with pictures. I'm like, yes, you know, I take them home. Uh, the, the trail camera I had for deer, uh, you know, mm-hmm. doe, doe, yeah. doe, doe, doe the bucks were gone. They disappeared. So I was like, well, that sucks. Let me check the other one. Group of people, group of people, group of people. Like literally I, there was a picture of six people walking into this woods all together at once. (laughs) I'm laughing. Dude, I am laughing right now because I can 100% relate to exactly Mm -hmm. everything that you're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. And, And so and so real quick, I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, take over your story, but oh, the, you're pro- fine. the you're property fine. that I, that I hunt mm-hmm. uh, or that I have access to is right now, I guarantee you there is a, there's one, if not more shooter caliber deer on this property. I mean, 
I mean really good deer. Uh, last year mm-hmm. I had, I think, three of them that I would consider shooters, all four-year-olds <clears throat> or older. One of them was probably a 180 typical 12-pointer, like a, just yeah. a giant. And <laughs> right. and then and then they it's like this. Just as yeah. fast as oh, I yeah. snap my fingers, people mm-hmm. start moving in. They're like, well, it's uh, it's September 30th. I might as well start getting ready for the season. And they just blow every mature buck out of that property um, mm-hmm. and, and or uh, out of that part of the property. And I'm just sit- sitting there going, dude, if these people knew what was in here, they wouldn't be right. doing what they're doing right now. Right. Yep. Oh yeah. So, you know, I go back to the landowner and I'm just like, out of curiosity, I'm like, Hey, how many people have permission back here? And he's like, ah, I don't know. I just, you know, if they ask me, I tell them yes. And I don't, I don't, I don't pay attention to it. I don't manage it. I don't nothing. I just, you know, if, if you want to go back there, you go back there and have, have a good time. And I'm just at that point in time, I was like, well, yeah, this is pointless. <laughs> yeah. But again, but again, I didn't have anywhere close to hunt. So um, now I'm always scouting, e-scouting, looking on Google, looking on public properties, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, up to this point, I didn't have anywhere else close to hunt. So the season rolled around and, you know, I made some stand position uh, changes and I was getting on deer. Like I was seeing does. Um, there was like a six point that walked through and I was in my stand contemplate like a small basket rack like inside the ear six point i'm just like do i just shoot this deer because this is like if i don't i'm not gonna i'm gonna have to shoot like a yearling doe or something like yeah i didn't obviously but i'm sitting there thinking that to myself and um uh, but yeah so the season started i'm up in the stand hunting and everything and uh i'm just not loving it so i keep looking around i keep looking around and um there's this property there's another property close to my house uh, that I had tried to contact the owner before, but he had like a weird area code and his um, the mailing address on the public records was to Georgia. And I thought, well, you know what, maybe I'll just try. Um, I'll try looking around again. I'll try that guy again just to see. You never know at this point in time. Excuse me. It's certainly not going to hurt anything. Right. So I keep, I do a little bit more research on that specific property and I find a 937 number for the man, which is my area code. And I was like, oh, maybe this is like a cell phone, you know, and this is 930. So the season's already started for five days, you know, Um, it's 930. I call him, he answers and I, you know, I tell him who I am, you know, I give him the spiel and, uh, I think as you guys have spoke before, you know, asking for permission is definitely an art. And, yeah. um, he said, yes. And mm, I, my buddy. jaw hit the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, no way because the property itself, um, it didn't look anything like extravagant, but it's, uh, the way it's surrounded by like, uh, like a the little development area that retirees live in on one side, there's like, kind of like a strip mall type. It's not a strip mall, but there's like, um, industrial park type buildings or something like that. That's, that's on a different side. So on another side, there's like an abandoned industrial park, um, that, that the company still owns, but they don't actually operate there anymore because okay. they have all their, like their signage up the other side. It's like, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's like, um, Oh, where are they like a, a refab 
business or a home business or they just have all these tiny little offices so that these companies can say they have an office but no one's ever there it's like yeah i i know what you're talking about mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then on so that's three of the sides and then the other side is almost it's like a bunch of bunch of woods and then there's a road and then there's woods and ag on the other side of that but all that on the other side of the road has been bought and is being developed yeah so i'm sure they'll creep over here eventually but from the road you can't even see the property and so you know i'm and it's inside the city limits so i'm over here like there's a shot that there's at least no one back here yeah you know and that's all i need like just if there's no one back there and there's deer like (laughs) i'll make it work um so uh like I said, I called him and he said, yes. And I was like, no way. Like I, I just ecstatic. Um, one and, second, one second. What did that conversation look like? You know, cause, cause you mentioned mm-hmm. it is an art asking for permission. If, and I'll tell you this, mm-hmm. as much as I hate to say it, you got to kind of mm-hmm. come off a little sales pitchy to talk to these guys. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. mumbling and stuttering and, and not knowing what mm-hmm. you're trying to accomplish, you know, oh, yeah. you get the door, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, I'm sorry. No, thanks. Boom. But if you come yeah. off and you're like, Hey, listen, uh, this, 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 you sound confident this, this, I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. this, you won't know I'm there. I won't drive on your property, blah, blah, blah. Someone will go, okay, this guy kind of has his shit together. And, and I feel like he, mm-hmm. I could, I can trust him <clears throat> on my property. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, I'll tell you how the conversation went, but you know, I'll let you know, since I've been hunting and deer hunting, which I started around 17, my yes rate has steadily gone up now yeah. i'm not saying it's still probably like five percent or ten percent <laughs> right right but i remember you know there'd be years where i would ask uh, 50 people and they'd all say no you know right. or something like that so uh but you know i called him up and i just basically told him who i was i was like hey my name is jerry rude uh you know i use the public property records and i found your property and you know just being upfront and honest I'm just looking for a place to hunt. I'm looking for a place to archery hunt. I would like to take my steps on there. Like, um, I'm not trying to, you know, do anything crazy. I know you don't know me from any random person, you know, um, but this is what I'm trying to do. And I would really appreciate it if you would be open to having a conversation about it. That's one of the, one of the uh, ways that I do, as I always say, are you open to having a conversation? Because I found if I just say, can I hunt on your property? A lot of times I'll get no, but if I say, are you open to conversation? Um, they kind of open up and they're like, well, you know, and then they start asking me questions like, what am I doing? What am I going to be hunting with that kind of stuff? So, um, and, and he told me, he was like, oh yeah, man, like, I don't mind. I used to, I used to hunt back there all the time. I, you know, I got some nice bucks and blah, blah, blah. And, um, he's like, yeah, I live down in Georgia now and I don't ever use the property and it's just been sitting up there and blah, blah, blah. And there's like no buildings or anything. This is all ag and forest. Yeah. And, uh. So on the inside, uh, I, I was just like, oh my goodness, like, how is this working right now? On the outside, the next thing I said was, you know, I said, thank you, blah, blah, blah. That's awesome. Um, you know, I'll be back there hanging stands. I'll hang trail cameras. Uh, and then I said, should I expect to see anyone else back there? And his answer was no. Nice. And at that point in time, that is when I like, <laughs> so this guy just gave me permission. He told me he used to kill big bucks back there and he told me no one else should be back there. Yeah. Like, Bingo. I don't know <laughs> yeah. how many acres was this. <laughs> it's like 125 or Jesus. something like that. So you landed, yeah. you, ju- you, you just landed yeah. the big fish. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Awesome. So this is like stuff I used to, I, I remember like 
asking people for permission to hunt like 20 acres and they're like no and i'm like dreaming how do people get permission on these other properties blah 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 well like you said i landed the big fish you know i got it so uh i don't think i've ever tore down a set of stands faster in my life i immediately (laughs) immediately went to the other property i haven't seen this one yet in person went and pulled all my stuff and um so again that was on 9 30 on 10 4 Uh, I'm walking into this property for the first time. I have a stand on my back and I have like four trail cameras. And, uh, you know, so like I pull in and and there's like a little lane you have to drive down. Um, It's like maybe an eighth of a mile and I get to the end of it and it just opens up to like this wheat, not wheat, but um, uh, just like an overgrown grass field. Yep. um, Ag behind that. And then there's like this tree line and that's all I can see. But on the maps, I know there's more behind it. So I keep going. Um, and then it opens up again on the other side of the tree line. And, and there's another big field. Um, and then there's like a really thick finger of woods, I guess you could say, that comes off of the woods from the adjacent property. Yep. And then behind those, there's like two roughly 400 by 400 yard squares of clearance where they plant ag also. So you have like this huge field, a break, a huge field a large set of woods that come off of an even bigger set of woods. And then these two little like pockets and my, my deer hunting experience said, go to that back corner, set up an observation point and just see what you see. You know, it's kind of like one of those little areas where in the rut you might see bucks pushing does or like that, that you kind of picture in your head, you know, like that kind of stuff. And, um, so I'm like, yeah, so I'm hanging cameras. I'm walking back there. I, I find this really nice little, it's like a bump out of tall trees and stuff on that, uh, on that back clearing. And I, I kind of put my tree stand up real high and probably like 20 yards off the edge of that bump. So I don't really have to worry about movement. Like it was not a shooting stand whatsoever. I took my bow just in case but I did not expect to shoot anything that night. And, um, and what, I didn't. Date, what date was this? This was, um, 10, four. Okay. So the 4th of October. Okay. 4th of October. Yeah. So, um, and I'm sitting there and it's hot and it's humid and I'm not seeing anything. And all of a sudden the mental game starts kicking in. I'm like, man, did I just mess up? I was seeing deer at this other property. Like at least I was seeing deer there, you know? And, yeah. um, like, what is going on? Did I, like, am I going to have to pull all this back down, blah, blah, blah. And then it starts, like, a pop-up thunderstorm. Absolutely pours, just raining on me, raining on me. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> like, I don't even know. Like, I just have to laugh about it. Yeah. Especially now now that I know what happens, obviously. But um, so it's just pouring. And then it stops pouring. And the sun comes back out. And so now it's a million percent humidity. I'm wet. Like I'm not having a good time at all. You know? Right. So I'm sitting there and I'm just looking around and this is an evening hunt. Um, I don't remember what time it was, but I remember the sun was just at the tip of the trees going down the um, horizon because I was like waiting to get in the shadow of the sun. Like I'm watching it, like, come on. you know. And uh, I turn around and I see a deer. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. We're like, my attitude changed immediately. I'm like, this is worth it. I'm cool. Like, I'm happy now, you know. So yep, I see a yep. doe out there. Yep. 
and I'm, I keep looking. I'm like, wait, is that another one? And I see another doe and I'm like looking and there's like a little bit of like a hill that um, it's kind of hard to see down over the, over the backside of it. And I see another one and another, and I'm like, okay, like I can work with this. I saw 16 deer that night. And I, I remember when I wouldn't see 16 deer in a year. Yeah. I saw 16 deer from my stand and I saw bucks that I would have shot if they were within range of me, not knowing anything whatsoever about the caliber of deer on this property. If they would have been close to me, they were getting one. Like, yeah, it was, it was like someone rolled out the red carpet and, you know, <laughs> and they just came pouring out. And that's not even to, you know, mention all of the deer I saw walking back to my stand or back to my car from my stand. Like I couldn't believe it. Yeah. You know, the mental game that I just played with myself, that was gone. Like, I was like, man, I like, I felt like I, I did everything right. I did it right. You know, I, I got the permission. I got back here. I made the right decision. I hung the stand. I did the, like, and as you probably know, as you can relate, I'm sure like you do so much wrong for so many years, not realizing it deer hunting to finally like get all of that and line it up. Right. I was like, I'm golden. Like I'm good. Yeah. I, I'm cool. Like I, my, my hunting season is now satisfied even if I don't even kill anything. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I just sat there and watched them. You know, I didn't even try to get on them. I didn't try calling. I wasn't, I wasn't even looking around anymore. It I was just, just sat there it was like, just some does, right? It was, or it, no, there were some bucks, there a couple some, bucks. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But not, not the banger. Like the banger hasn't no, showed up no. yet. No, no. Okay. Yeah. The banger hasn't showed up. Okay. And actually, well, no, I'll, I'll get to that later. So yeah, the banger hasn't showed up. Uh, they're nice deer, real nice deer. Um, but yeah, so I'm just having a great time. So awesome. that was on 10, four, yeah. 10, four. Um, and so what about this other property that had all the signs of people at this point? Um, was this kind of something where you, you just forgot about that property or does the, does that property have a role in this story? It's only a kick, a jump, a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all it's only pressure you got this adidas that the only role that property had in this story was it gave me the push to continue to find somewhere else to hunt gotcha now okay. i yeah, I still do go to that property and I maintain a relationship with the owner and like I mushroom hunt out there and, you know, um, I, I still utilize the property, but uh, not for deer hunting. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. So as, um, you know, you had this set, there's deer there, right? And so it yeah. kind of went mm-hmm. from, ah, what did I just do to boom, there's deer here. It's October mm-hmm. 4th. So, so now you have this motivation to probably get out there again and maybe, uh, hang some, uh, trail cameras up and everything like that. Yeah. So absolutely. So what I did was on 10, seven. So three days later, now I pull one of my trail cameras and I pull my stand cause I'm not shooting a deer from my stand with archery equipment. Yeah. It would, it was a great like gun stand if I wanted to take a gun and a hang on stand, but, um, you know, it was not an archery setup. So I pull everything down and I go to where I saw them pouring out. Um, this is all again in one evening. I hang another camera. I get my stand set up, you know, uh, this time I set it up about, 
I would say set it up about um, 15 yards off of the funnel where I saw him pouring out and about 10 yards back in the woods. Gotcha. So I was kind of hunting, kind of hunting the field edge. Um, my, my mindset was I can see in the woods. I know deer are coming out. Sorry for the background noise. No, um, I know deer are coming out in daylight from this spot. You know, uh, I do like hunting in the woods, so I, I don't traditionally just hang a stand on the edge and, and call it a day there. But I mean, my most recent evidence, you know, we're talking three days ago, I just saw 16 deer pour out of the spot. So why wouldn't I, Right. you know? Right. So I, yeah, I get everything set up and, um, here they come. They just start pouring out again. You know, there's does, uh, playing around, running, you know, just doing their thing. Um, I'm, I'm good. I'm just sitting there watching and I turn my head and boom, there is by far the, the biggest buck that I've ever had, like within my, within shooting range of me, you know, um, it's not the banger, uh, but he's like a real nice, typical ohio eight probably i don't know maybe 135 right in there somewhere um he's real tall though it was, it was a cool looking buck just real tall it's like gee i would say his two his his brows weren't real tall but his twos and threes were like skyscrapers like it was just cool and um so i'm like well this deer's getting an arrow so <laughs> i see him coming in the woods and uh and you know i kind of position myself and my heart's pumping just absolutely pumping the biggest and i know you know we talk a lot about or you guys talk a lot about um like what success looks like and if it matters about size and all that kind of stuff and um you know i'm not trying to make it sound like a trophy show but you know the biggest year i'd shot to that point measured out like 118 it was like a 118 eight point so he's got like all of these you know um and it's just, you know, the buck is more mature. He's a little bit bigger. It's just all of those things that you, as you progress as a hunter, you kind of like to see come to fruition. Right. So my heart's pounding, you know, I'm trying to breathe, keep myself steady. And, uh, he's, st- you know, he's kind of working his way out. He has no clue I'm there. Um, he's kind of behind a tree a little bit. I draw back. He takes that front foot, steps it out. And I just sling it just, you know, I could, I probably would have made a better shot with my eyes closed, but I just let that bad boy go. Um, and I hit him. Uh, I know I hit him, but it wasn't, I knew immediately it wasn't a great hit. And so he arrow sinks, you know, and he just kind of turns around and runs off. And so I'm like, shoot, like immediately I knew. And this is another, you know, like that mental game that, that, all that work I do because you know, I was shooting my bow, you know, so I, I do all that. And now it's like, here's my result. I'm like, so mad. I don't know what to do. I'm like upset. I'm just like, how could I do that? And uh, how could I, you know, miss the deer? How could I injure him? How could I not like all of that stuff that I do that it should just be automatic. Now it just broke down completely. And all those little things that I should have been working on that maybe I just slacked off a little bit uh, expose himself. And, but the, you know, like I said, I knew I didn't hit him vitally, uh, uh, but it didn't seem like, like it wasn't a gut shot. It wasn't like a brisket shot. It wasn't anything like that. There wasn't a lot of blood. Um, the arrow wasn't covered in blood. So I let him run and I waited about two hours and I might get a little, I might be a little, uh, or you might get a little flack for this, I guess, not me. Uh, but, um, I have a, uh, beagle uh, lab mix he's yeah. like 12 years old he's old 
I used to play with him with squirrels, give him deer legs. I would drag stuff and let him try and find it. He's not a trained tracking dog, but the dog just like knows how to do stuff. And I was like, before I continue, I need to figure out like the, the status of this deer. And I went and got him and I took him out there, you know, so for whatever it's worth, you know, if people want to criticize, I don't know if I really care, but ultimately, um, he followed like that dog followed that trail. Like he's been tracking his whole life, I guess. I don't know. He got right down on it. That's he awesome. followed it. Yeah. He followed it to where the blood stopped, which was about 60 yards. Um, and I'm talking, we're talking like a pin drop of blood every, every eight, 10, 12 yards. I mean, there was nothing. Um, he went about 150 yards past that and we got within, and this is nighttime, you know, because like I said, it was an evening hunt and I waited two hours and, um, we're, you know, he's, he's like smelling and he's pulling, like pulling my leash, just yanking me through the woods. And all of a sudden he stops and I'm not paying, I'm paying attention to him. I look up and about 15 yards in front of us that, uh, what I believed was that deer was standing there staring at us and it blows, turns around and runs off. So we go up to where it was bedded down and there's the tiniest little bit of blood. And, um, so I'm like, well, that was that deer. He seemed healthy. Uh, he seen, he didn't seem like he, he wasn't hunched over. He wasn't limping. Like he literally ran off. So that made me feel a little bit better. Um, uh, I went back out and just checked cameras the day after that. I think it was, it was very soon. And within, within 24 hours of me shooting him, he was right back at that same spot. Um, and I could see the picture. I, I basically like grazed the pocket of his armpit, I guess you could say. Gotcha. Like it wasn't, there's like yeah. that flap of skin that's right, yeah. right up in there and you hit that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And it didn't even like, I think literally like one of the blades grazed it because there wasn't, you know, like a hole. There was that, but that like brushed up um, fur and that kind of stuff. Yep. And there wasn't blood along the arrow, you know, so the arrow shaft, so. Maybe I just caught him with a couple blades. Maybe it did go through and there's just nothing there to bleed. I don't know. But yeah. the deer was fine, completely fine, which was a big sigh of relief, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, he was good. Uh, my my pride was a little beat up, uh, <laughs> my yeah. my capabilities and all that kind of stuff. But I was happy. I was like, you know, we can I can move forward from this. We can continue with the season. Yep. Um, so I hunted that stand location a couple more times. Um let me see you. How many on, on this on this hundred or so acres that you had access mm-hmm. to now? Uh, you know, y- you noticed that the deer were there. Okay, hell, there's mm-hmm. even a big you know a, a shooter buck that you were willing to you know take a shot at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you and you've already said that you kept going back to the same stand. Is this because of limited stand availability, or is it just that you didn't have time? to get in there and put multiple uh, stands throughout that property? Uh, It was just because it was simply for, uh, it was simply time. Like I didn't have time to go in there um, and, and like really scout the season had already started, you know, Um, at the time I had a, a four month old baby, like, you know, so I was just getting out there to get out there when I could, you know, um, so, but like I said, that was, that was, um, 10, seven is when that happened. And so I went out and I hunted that stand a couple more times and basically I kept seeing deer. I saw those all day and I saw small bucks, 
that buck kept coming back, but he went nocturnal. He was done in the daytime. He would, you know, I would get him, I would get pictures 25 minutes after sunset and you can hunt 30 minutes after, you know, 25 minutes after, after sunset, he's like starting to look out off the edge of the woods to see if anything's out there, you know? Yeah. How many Um, cameras did you have up at this point? Four. Four. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Uh, yeah. So after seeing that and, you know, I wasn't trying to be like, I wasn't trying to pressure him super hard. Uh, my, my hunting mindset, my hunting tactics, uh, you know, I, I try and pay attention to my entry and I try and remove all scent. I don't, the way that I at least perceive it is that you can like try and cover your scent and you can try and conceal it and you can try and remove it. You know, I try and go for conceal and remove. Those are my two things. I don't try to use cover scents. I don't, I don't try to do anything. Um, I don't try to attract deer. Like I don't use estrus, that kind of stuff. My thought is, um, I would want them to think no one's there. I don't want to try and trick them into coming to me, you know? So, um, so I, I was confident that they didn't know I was there, but they knew something was different. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to back out of this spot and the property's plenty big enough. I went over into that main, like that thick finger of woods. I was like, you know what? I hunted this uh, field edge a little bit. Let me get in these woods and see if anything's happening over here. So I uh, go and I hang a camera up kind of like where um, it's kind of like where maybe three of the properties come together. Not really. Like I'm not on the edge of the property, but it's kind of like a a terrain hub where like all terrain kind of comes together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. And they kind of cross through there a lot. And so I get a camera up. I um, get a stand up. And, you know, for a few days I'm sitting there watching and there's deer coming through and, um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of starting to get a game plan in my head. Do I want to move my stand? Do I want to try anywhere else? You know, um, what do I want to, what do I want to do from here? And then I see this giant of a 10 point. I mean, just something that is like off of Jurassic park. I Your guess, wildest I dreams <laughs> yes. are coming true. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't, did did I send you that picture uh, at night where he's, uh, you know, calling or whatever he's doing? Did I send you that one? It almost looks like he's lip curling or something. Yeah. But like, like, uh, obviously I know the difference between a deer and an elk, but I'm like, that looks like an elk, (laughs) like with just the way his head was out, you know, and, and it was just an absolute monster. And I saw him in daylight and I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah. So hang on a second. Did you get, um, because I'm looking at this trail camera pick that you sent me of Mm -hmm. of that, that, uh, you know, his head's up looking, looking like Mm -hmm. an elk. It looks like he's a lip curling. It looks like, and that's on October 28th. When did you actually see him from the stand? I saw him from the stand. This was, um, this was sometime between October 4th and October uh, 16th. Okay, so when did you shoot that buck and not find him? October 4th, I shot the buck. Okay, okay. All right, now I, yeah, I got yeah. you. All right, Yeah. so you shoot a buck, and then sometime after that, you saw him. How far away was he when you saw him? He was like 45 yards walking down um, the neighbor's field edge. Gotcha. And when I say the neighbor's field edge, this is that like, 
industrial area thing. Yep. So, and I have already contacted these people at this point in time and they say, absolutely not. We allow no one back there, blah, blah, blah. So it sucks. I can't be over there, but I also know that legally there should be no one else over there. Yes. You know? Yes. So, cool. yeah. All right. So you see this, you see this buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have trail camera pictures of him when you saw him for the first time? No, no, I did not. Yeah. Okay. Did <laughs> that lead to you putting trail, more trail cameras out? Yeah. That led to me putting a trail camera in the spot where, uh, I ultimately got that, um, that one okay. picture that I sent you. Gotcha. But mm-hmm. you also have another trail camera out at some point, right? And you get mm-hmm. an, uh, another trail camera picture of him as well. Yeah. So, um, ultimately, so, a uh, little caveat real quick. Uh, when I started, when I got about 18, 19, right in there somewhere, I got a, a job and I started the the team lead, the guy that hired me, he hunted. And since then, we've become like good hunting buddies. Like he's the only other person I hunt with, really. And he would take me to his properties and blah, blah, blah. And like he really allowed me to get on deer and learn a lot in those years when I was just starting and I had no clue about anything really and so i always told him like if i ever get a spot i will do everything i can to get you permission and so i got him permission here too and so between the two of us uh we probably had i don't i had four and he probably had um i don't know he probably had at least four out there also gotcha so you know and some of these are from him some of them for me i use exodus and he uses uh reconics and cellulars i don't use cellulars gotcha um so um i don't know if you're looking at the pictures and it says reconics it's his and you know so yeah Yeah, i mean from a strategy standpoint that doesn't make a difference right yeah so no yeah so so he starts i mean when you, you you have trail camera data and so if it so he actually he actually has a trail camera picture of him on the 30th of October okay mm-hmm. and yeah. then in daylight uh yeah the daylight image yeah and then from mm-hmm. your standpoint did you did you check the trail camera after your buddy had the cell cam or a picture of him or did you do it on the like on the 28th is when you had your pictures well uh, we we got to back up a couple steps because um, all of these images and stuff, you know, I saw that deer sometime between the 4th and the 16th. Yep. I tagged out the 16th. So all of these pictures, I'm done. I already shot my buck. So did we, did we <laughs> miss, did I miss something? Like, I, I know you, you hit one, but mm-hmm. never found it. Yeah. Yeah. So I hit one, but never found it. And then I moved my stand and then. I see this massive pinpoint yeah. on the neighbor's property. Yeah. That's where we stopped and we started talking about trail cameras and stuff. Okay. All right. So I thought yeah. that 10 pointer was this 10 pointer that you're, that you're talking about. So yeah, it's the same deer that's in the picture, but that's not the one I shot. I gotcha. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So you see this massive 10 pointer cruising the, the property line. Then what happens? Yeah. So, you know, I'm going home, changing my pants. Um, uh, and I'm like, I got to get back out there. So, you know, I don't remember uh, the number of times I hunted. It wasn't a whole lot. I can tell you that much. Um, but I started seeing um, evening patterning through trail camera evidence and the few times I was out there. And on October 16th, 
I was like, I'm going to, you know, I just, I'm going to go hunt, you know, hunt the evening. So I get out there October 16th and, um, I'm sitting there and there's some bucks, you know, bucks walking through and there's some does. And about the same time uh, I saw that 10 point, there he goes right down the edge of the property line again. And, um, I was like, man, I got, I'm going to have to figure out something to do with this deer. Like, like I'm beating myself up because he's on the neighbor's property. Like I can't even do anything about that. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I got to do something about this deer. So he's walking down and I'm in front of me about 25 yards out. There's like this huge, thick set of, um, honeysuckle. Okay. And he, and he passes that. And then I see him turn cause I can kind of see over it and he like walks behind it. So now well, here I am on this, you know, emotional roller coaster. I'll call it. I'm pumped up. I'm like, there's no way this is about to happen, which I was right because it wasn't about to happen because he turned, uh, he was walking west, and then he turned north, walked behind that honeysuckle, and then turned west. And out of my dreams, he went once again. He, you know, he just walked away from me. So I, I saw him. I, I caught him again probably like 70 yards out, like walking away from me. Um, by the time he got far enough away from that honeysuckle to where I could see again. And so here we go, back downhill, <laughs> back down over the edge of the roller coaster. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm not mad or anything. I'm just like, wow, like, I can't believe this. My heart's pumping. I, like, I'm just mind blown that all this is even happening. And I hear something behind me. And, uh, and I'm like, well, there, there'd been does and small bucks walking around all day back there, just doing whatever they do. And so I like immediately in my mind, I'm like, ah, it's probably just one of them. And I like peek over my corner and I start counting one, two, three, four, five. And it's the 12 point that I shot. Yeah. Uh, not, and this is the one that I killed, you know, this yeah. isn't the one that I shot the first time. It's not 10 point. This is the one that I, uh, ultimately put an arrow through and, uh, I'm sure, I don't know. I'm guessing you'll put the picture up, but for people listening right now, uh, he's like, uh, it's, it's a pretty much, if you think of like a typical 10 outside of the ears, um, not super tall, but his main beams come around and they almost touch in the front. And then the real special thing is his G2s on both sides are forked like a mule deer. Yeah. Uh, that's what he looks like. And he's walking under me right now. I, neither of us, eight cameras, you know, I know we hadn't been out there much. Neither of us had a picture of this deer on trail camera anywhere. And he walks under me and I'm sitting there staring at this deer like, I didn't even know I had another dream above and beyond that 10 point. And then here comes a deer with four G twos on both sides. And I'm like, this isn't about to happen again. Like I'm in my head, like this isn't about to happen. There's no way this deer is five yards away from me. Like yeah. I could potentially shoot this deer and he's walking straight towards that, um, honeysuckle yeah. that that other buck was, you know, walked on the other side of, well, uh, there was a tree that had fallen, obviously, I don't know when, but a tree had fallen and it was kind of like diagonal um, of the path he was taking. And so, you know, when he got about eight yards out, um, that's, you know, I stood up, I started trying to, con you know, compose myself, draw back all that. He got 12 and a half yards out. It's about where that tree was. I measured it after um, it was 12 and a half yards out. He turned to maybe jump over that log, whatever. I don't know, but he turned. Uh, and as soon as he turned and opened up that, that, uh, vitals, I just sent one through him, Booyah. pounded it straight through him. And immediately I knew 
yeah. He's done. 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 Yeah. I done. I love the did he mule kick or or, or make any oh, noise? He mule, he mule kicked, which that was the first year of a mule kick that I shot, which was I mean, it's just cool. Yeah. And then he jumped over that log that he was uh that tree that he was facing anyway, and out the he ran out the woods. And then he ran down the edge of the woods and back into the woods. Uh, he ran. So I was from where he was standing. He was maybe 20, 25 yards from the edge that he ran out of. Yep. And then he ran 40 yards down and then back in the woods. And that's where I had stopped. Um, I yeah. wasn't going to chase him. I knew he was done. So but you didn't I just, see him fall is what you're, what you're I didn't at. see him fall. No, gotcha. yeah, I didn't see him fall. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you you get this deer you never seen him before obviously he's mm-hmm. a shooter um yeah you back out did you did you call your buddy at that point well i called the wife first yep, i'm like hyperventilating facetime hyper hyperventilating i told her get gavin right now like because he wanted to come and and trail it and everything and you know i it was getting into the part of the year where it was cool enough like i know he's dead it, he can come help me find this deer, you know, and, and she brings them and I call my buddy and tell him, and he's like, you're lying. And I'm like, dude, I swear. I told him about the deer. Um, I was like, you know, he's like, we didn't, we haven't even seen that one, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I know. Like, this is just I, <laughs> like speechless, it was yeah. speechless, you know? And um, so, yeah, she brings Gavin out and he had one of his friends with him. And, um, uh, you know, I show him where I shot it. I show him the arrow. I kind of go over, you know, just the basics, like, this is what good blood looks like. This is, you know, here's fur. Here's, you know, I just kind of walk him through without taking too long. Cause it's not like it's 40 degrees, but at the same time, you know, the deer's not going to expire, like go bad in an hour, you know? Yeah. So, um, and I start letting him trail it. So we come out and we follow it and, uh, we go back into the woods and he was probably another, maybe 40 yards into the woods. Um, but it's, you know, it's dark. We have headlamps on. I'm kind of back off of him, maybe five feet. And he's like, just staring dead hard at the ground, just staring, yeah. finding every little drop of blood he can. And I got his buddies like, Hey, come here. And, you know, I told him to come back and, uh, cause I saw the deer and he almost kicked him. That's how close he was before he realized <laughs> that he had found him. So, Awesome. So yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that deer. Uh, and Thank what you. what date was that on again? That was ten sixteen. Okay, ten sixteen. So ten sixteen. You, you arrow him, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you you saw that other big deer. And isn't Ohio is Ohio a, a one deer state or a two deer state? Ohio is a one deer state, uh, but there's no there's no like uh, the the antler limit is. I think it's three inches. If the deer has two antlers larger than three inches, that's your buck or something like it's, it's something very small that I've never had a problem like with, with the legality of it. But um, yeah. But what I'm getting at there is there Mm -hmm. after this, there's no opportunity for you to keep hunting and go after the other 10 pointer that you saw. No, no. Okay. So as a reference uh, here, Mm -hmm. um, the buck that you, you know, the buck that you shot, Mm Mm-hmm what it what roughly do you think he scored or did you score him age what do you think he was so i'm about to uh drive my friend his name's joey i'm about to drive him up the wall i like the look of like if you find a dead head like out in the woods like i love that look i've never had a deer mounted ever yep, yep. Uh, I, I haven't shot a whole bunch of them a whole bunch of bucks but i've never had one mounted 
And so that deer right now is hang his head is hanging in a tree at my dad's house. Okay. I don't know what he and it drives my friend Joey crazy. He's like, I can't believe like you haven't scored them. You're not mounting them. Blah 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 blah. And I was like, Yeah, well that's the that's what I like. I got a few, you know, I have a few deer. They're effectively Euro mounted, but it's just I let the dogs and everything eat everything off of it and um and that's what you're gonna, you're gonna that's what you're gonna do you, you like that style yeah. and you're gonna just yeah. wait for it to rot out and then then go mm-hmm. hang it in your house yep okay. so uh if i had to take a guess based off of the the deer that i have um i would say he's probably upwards of maybe 140 maybe okay. um somewhere right up in there he's much taller than the one i have and wider than the one I'm comparing him to, the one that measured out at like 118. He's much wider, much longer, much taller, um, you know. So, but he's not like, uh, he's not like absolutely massive. You know, he's not like those, he doesn't have baseball bat pedicles. He doesn't, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, so I would say probably upwards of, of, of 140-ish. And I'm going to, I'll score him just out of curiosity once, uh, once the head's finished up and I, I bring him back home, but yeah. Cool. Awesome. Uh, so then, so then all that hard work, right? All that, mm-hmm. all that, I guess the, some guys will never do that. Right. I, right. I, mean, I know, I know a couple of guys who probably, you know, if they lose their property, they're probably going to be done hunting just because they're afraid to go knock on someone's door and get told no. Right. Um, and so just taking that opportunity to go there, knock on a couple doors, find out one property's dog shit, then going in and getting in, you know, saying, Hey, I gotta, I gotta do this one more time. You did it, mm-hmm. landed a really good farm and you, you found success because of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So then, uh, but as far as that farm is concerned though, did your buddy keep hunting? Yes, he did. So, um, he kept hunting and, uh, he ended up putting a down, it was a nine or 10 point. I can't remember. Um, I think, I think it was a, a really nice, big, tall, typical nine and it would have been a 10, but on his left side, I think the, what would be the one, two, the G four, it didn't like grow, you know, like the right side, it was like big enough to be counted as a point. And yeah. the left side, it didn't grow out. So something like that. Um, yeah. But nice, big, you know, tall buck. Um, he put one down on 11.4. His story actually is pretty cool, too. And I don't uh, – I'll just do, like, the five-second version of it uh, because I don't remember it completely off the top of my head. But it was something like he saw a smaller buck, and um, it was pre-rut. So he, like, was playing with – like, he hit a call to see if he would respond to it. And that deer, like, ran – and this is in the same portion of the property. Oh, no, it's not. It's This is in the same area where I missed, uh, grazed that first one. So he's, like, looking over the field, you know. And, like, that deer ran over. And, like, he's kind of messing with that deer. But what he didn't know was on the other side of this little hill, there was this buck. And he was getting all burled up and mad because of this other buck and him. And so, like, he came up running over the top of that hill to be like, who in the world is in my you know who's over here because this is my area and so like he had no clue this buck was over here he effectively had like a live decoy and he came running up over this hill and he said he was just like oh crap and picked his bow up drew back and shot him so but that other that the other big buck was Mm -hmm. 
was right around the corner. No, the big buck, the the big buck that, um, oh, the 10 point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know where the 10 point was. Oh, okay. I got you. All right. But on the same property, your Mm -hmm. buddy, your buddy found success on a great deer too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He found success and you know, he had only hunted a handful of times at that point in time too. So, um, he, he had the flexibility to, uh, you know, I was getting in there. I was trying to get a deer cause I had the baby and all that stuff. He had a little bit more flexibility. So he was letting me get in there, um, waiting until end of October, early November, that kind of like prime time, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. he would, he didn't hunt too many times really. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. And so, so <laughs> here's what I'm taking away. You found a, you found a really good property, right? Yes. It's in, a, it's, it's in an area that is kind of enclosed uh, and mm-hmm. nobody can hunt really around it. Right. Right. Yeah. So you found a pocket. Um, and if you play your cards, right. And this is just me talking to how I would talk to myself or a, mm-hmm. a buddy of mine. If you play your cards, right. That that's the kind of property that potentially reloads every single year. Right. Yes. And there yes. might be one, there might be two shooters on it every single year, depending on what your definition of a shooter is. So knowing right. that, how are you approaching this season to either a get more sh- shooting opportunities on that property, scout it? Um, mm-hmm. Was there any off season work that you guys did as far as scouting or, or hanging stands? Right. So, um, so uh, we ran cameras the rest of the year into the spring, uh, and then we did go and pull them just because we weren't familiar with the property. And I actually did have one camera stolen. Uh, it was like a cheap little $70 camera that I put up where we park our cars just in case someone were to run across our cars while we were hunting or something. Yeah. Well, someone ran across the camera when no one was there and stole it. So, oh, that sucks. um, yeah. So, uh, so we pulled all of our cameras, you know, um, actually a week from Saturday, I'm going out and I'm going to, uh, rehang cameras. Uh, we're gonna, uh, you know, look for potential, uh, stand locations, probably cut them out a little bit. Just do some real hang cameras, do some real preliminary, like light preseason work. Um, but last year, following the deer through the rut and all of that, I mean, there were, uh, there were easy, easily, probably more, but easily six deer that I would have shot without a second thought if they would have walked in front of me last year. Oh, heck yeah. Heck on yeah. camera. So they're, uh, but, yeah. they're there, right? <laughs> they're there, um, yeah. Any any picks of this big, the big ten pointer that you were talking about uh, so far this summer? So we don't. I uh, I don't have any cameras out there right now. Um, the other thing is, last year it was beans, and that was the first year. This year it's corn. So I don't know how that'll affect it, but I'm yeah. guessing it's it's not going to be the end of the world. What right. I did find though was that same corner where I grazed that one deer, or that same point where they funneled out. Um, late in the season, that big 10, he just, wherever he was going to and from, he would walk past that, uh, corner in daylight. Like sometimes at like one o'clock, sometimes at like five o'clock, like he's comfortable back there. Right. right. He's comfortable. So, yeah. um, so don't mess it know, up, buddy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so... that's a, that's a pocket. That's one of those, those, one of those just properties that you, you find mm-hmm. and, and like some guys won't know how to handle themselves on, yeah. on things like that. They'll go and they'll blow the shit out of it and then they'll ruin it. And so, oh, five, yeah, man, I, five I, years ago, I would have done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. 
Well, and you know, for, for people listening, like just a little bit of a reminder, like this property that I'm talking about is inside the city limits of the city that I live in. This is not some, yeah, this is not some like farm a half hour from my house where no one would even think it's off some, you know, this is, this is literally four or five minutes from my house inside of the city limits. Like I just scouted, he scouted, got online and was looking like that's all it was. Yeah, absolutely. man. Awesome. Well, uh, you got to keep me posted on how the rest of this, uh, how the rest of this season goes. Uh, and, uh, what, you know, it, what you find leading up until, into the, uh, you know, October mm-hmm. or, or whatever time frame it is, you guys start hunting out in Ohio and mm-hmm. uh, man, good luck. Congratulations on finding a, uh, a honey hole and hopefully you and your buddy uh, get it done again. Right. Yeah, definitely. So we're looking, definitely looking forward to it this year. They, they do have the property up for sale, um, ah, you know, ah, but yeah. But the thing is, they've already planted, yep. so you know uh, they're not going to go level it out and build houses on top of corn. Yeah, uh, and that's just kind of the way things are going in that area. Like I said, um, adjacent to that property is the road, or the adjacent property to that one is the road, and then on the other side of the road is kind of the same setup, and they're already clearing it out and building houses. So, uh, you know, it's inevitable that they will encroach over there eventually um but at least for this year the corn's in and you know i don't see uh even if a sale were to go through there's no way it would it's going to have to be delayed until 2023 you know so yeah so maybe you got a couple uh maybe you got a a couple more years left yeah yeah that's what i'm hoping so perfect Perfect. Well, Jerry, man, uh, again, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to tell this story and uh, good luck this upcoming season. Awesome. Thank you. You too. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode in the books. Huge shout out to Jerry. Congrats on uh, finding this honey hole. I guess him and his buddy. Huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day. Huge shout out to Tethered, Wasp, Hunt Stand, and Vortex. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast, man. Uh, um, great companies. Lastly, go to Sportsman's Empire on. Go ahead and search it on Instagram. I got to get my followers beefed up since uh, I lost my other. Uh, I lost my other page, but uh, Sportsman's Empire. This is the network, right? The, tons of great information coming out of this. Uh, out of this episode. Out of uh, out of our our camp. The the. The quality of the podcasts that we put out are second to none. I'm, I'm that confident. I, I would I will put our podcast up against any other podcasts that are currently out there, and I mean the big ones too. And I feel confident that uh, that your friends will enjoy that. So uh, go to iTunes, leave a review, follow on social, follow the Nine Finger Chronicles on social. Have a good day, safety harness, good vibes, all that shit, man. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.